Welcome to the Bento Box Podcast. My name is Adrian, and I'm joined by my co-host, Larry. Yep. Hello, everybody. So, just to get some things straight off the top, uh, what is the Bento Box Podcast, Larry? Well, we're going to be talking about a variety of media. Video games, movies, TV shows. TV shows and movies going to be our general... Not general. Our main topics of discussion. Maybe social media, video games, anything else like that. In nature of pop culture, we'll be talking about as it shoots up. But right now, we have a schedule for the day. And, and before we get to that schedule, it's, we... This is going to be an ever-evolving podcast. Of course, this is our first episode of this podcast, or podcast as we call it. And, of course, you know, things may change. You know, the format may change. You know, we may get guests. We may have uh, maybe interviews, depending on, on how things go. But for the most part, it's going to be us two just giving our thoughts. But really, when we want to make this... A community as well so please uh, show your support by reviewing us you know giving us five stars and if there's any changes that we need to make on our end you know constructive criticism let us know how you feel about us yes and please no trolling <laughs> no trolling and keep everything you know nice and safe mm-hmm. so to get things started with our first segment of the podcast, the last Sunday, I guess it would be last Sunday. Uh, last Sunday was the final episode of Game of Thrones, with <laughs> the consensus from what I've seen being pretty negative. Now, with that HBO boss, uh, Casey bought. Boils, and I'm sure I mispronounced that last name, but they responded to the bot to the fan backlash surrounding the Game of Thrones by in an interview with Deadline. Uh, when asked if he was surprised with how the fans reacted to the finale, Boyles said no. To tell you the truth, uh, for a show this big and this brawling and for a show that has this passionate of a fan base i don't think there is any way that all fans would have been happy i think based on online reaction which you do have to take with a grain of salt it does seem split and i think that's about right some people are going to love it some are going to hate it but the point is everybody is feeling really passionate about it I think everyone I think everybody has hopes for where the characters might go or should go. But Dan and David have had a plan for how they wanted the show to go for a long time. I disagree with that. And they did it the way they thought fit as creators. I think they did a spectacular job. They landed a big plane, which was not easy. You are never gonna keep everybody happy, but I don't think that's what they were trying to do. And quote. So, with all of that being said, out of, out of the both of us, Larry, you are the throne. You are the main throny here. Give me your thoughts on the finale, the season as a whole. Season eight wasn't good. 
finale, I didn't ask for a lot. I just asked and I was disappointed. I didn't need a happy ending. In all honesty, they could have... If they had killed Tyrion, I would have been sad. But he had it coming. And the reason why I say that is, as everyone knows, you do stupid things in Game of Thrones, you die. Tyrion did a lot of stupid things in this last season. So, should he have died? Probably yes. Did he? Nah, you couldn't kill him off. Let's just go kill off his family. It's fine. Season 8 disappoints me. The finale disappoints me further. <laughs> I don't... I don't like it, but I also don't hate it. I'm just sitting here wishing that it was better. And not as many people held the idiot ball just to promote the plot. So, speak on the issues. I'm sure, you know, you can go into a little bit more in depth with them. Okay. But from what I've seen mm -hmm. and what I've kind of had discussions with you off the air and with other people um, in my various group chats is that it seems like the main issue from what I've seen and was that there was no plan in place to have this story end as we know halfway through the halfway through the series they basically outpaced the books and still and still to this still as of this recording george R. R. martin has not released either one of the final two books which he's promised for what almost five years now yeah but there's been an ever-increasing gap in between the release dates for the books but to get more in depth with the show, yeah, they ran out of source material around season five, no, season four or so, I'd say. Season five was like, okay, we're not doing so bad. Season six, people started saying we're going off the rails. This is not going so well. People started getting upset, and it happened. Looking at you, Dawn. Um, season seven happened. People were upset for a variety of reasons. And then we got to Cersei being a full-blown terrorist. How did we get here? We got to season eight. Everything leads to season eight and the choices that they chose to make that were awful. One thing I don't understand is you, they were adamant in season seven that they get a zombie polar bear. But no one cared about it. It didn't do anything. It showed up, fucked off, and died. That was a waste of money. I think, anyway. speaking of that, I think that the... Uh, you could have got the elephant for Cersei. We would have had a battle at least. But I think... Uh, was it Night King? Yeah, the Night King. The Night King. I think that was one of the biggest... Time. You said it, biggest waste of time. So I think it was one of the biggest disappointments of, of the show because you've basically been building up the Night King for almost eight years to this point. I can get into a rant about that right now. <laughs> well, hold off on that on that rant. But I think that spoke but I think that spoke to a bigger issue with the show because of if the Night King's been built up for this long. You even if he was to go out and die, mm -hmm. the way that the, that battle happened, 
and how he went out was more of a whimper instead of saying a bang. Yes. Like, and we were not supposed to go quietly into the night. The night king just said, I'll just mosey on by. So so again that speaks to the to a bigger to a bigger point of which I've just said the creators did not have an end to the story. Once they once they realized of how far off the rails they were going in terms of the books. I think they did not go back to their own to their own reference points because with all mo- with all movies and all TV shows there should always be a reference point for you to go back to. So even if you so even if you so even if you're going from source materials like books, comics, yeah. you at least say you at least know okay, this reference point is a rule has been set into place here. Mm-hmm. We we want to get to to this even though we may not take the same route. Yeah. But this is how we want to end up at this point to move the story forward. I don't think that I personally believe that the creators and the writers mm-hmm. got overwhelmed. Because you're telling them to basically create a whole new show midway through this series. But even with that though, they have they have to make a new show. They have all this material they've already set up. All you have to do is follow the plot lines you already have in place. Don't just drop them. And what did they do? They dropped them. So the question so the question comes to is and it's been it's been alleged by or I don't say alleged, but it's been claimed by by on by online and by Fans that they that D and D basically became lazy because they got the Disney money. Which, if you're not familiar with with the news, that D and D have have been hired to write a Star Wars movie. Uh, what? Which one? Which one? I have no idea to this point. But they've been hired by Disney to. Create, uh, to create or and write uh, a new Star Wars movie. So, if those conversations were on the table, were they swayed by that? Will they be swayed by Disney money? Anyone's going to be swayed by Disney money. But, I'm going to say no, because if you prove yourself to be an incompetent writer with your own show already going on that already has a huge fan base, and you start losing it, they're not going to trust you with a franchise like Star Wars, who is already having that problem. I'll just say that I think they just didn't remember what they did. I think they flat just forgot that they don't remember their own show. Would you say that they're? Would you say that they're too dependent on the source material? Because that was the other. That was the that other. Was, that was the ruler. But which they were freaking like, okay. They were basically treating this show like they had a yardstick, and then they ran out of feet for it. And once that happened, they just started falling down. It was not a cohesive story anymore. It just became a series of things that happen that don't make any sense. Like for instance, 
remember in episode five when Drogon's flame was so powerful it was knocking over the Red Keep? Mm-hmm. Fire hacking, cast the force coming from a dragon, right? So why was it in episode two? No, no, I'm going further back that. I'm going to go into season seven. We had zombified Viserion. He burned down the wall. It was a huge section of it anyway. We've seen how powerful his flames are. Or ice. I don't know what to say with that thing now since he's a white. How is John still alive? He was hiding behind a piece of rubble. That should have been freaking blasted apart and he should have been incinerated. But what did we get? Somehow it doesn't work because he is the main character. The plot armor is thick with that one. They forgot. They forgot what Dragonfire can do. Or they ignored it because it was going to be an inconvenience for them. Which is even worse. As with all shows that we've that have been on the air at some point, we know that writers change and showrunners change. Do you feel that with that change, which I believe it happened in season six, which people could could point out and fans point out that they started noticing the change right away from the writers. Oh yeah, it it was noticeable. Cause that's some people. Mm, people noticed it, but they were also still very upset with the main two writers, because they felt like they were bad at it. Because I'm sure people know, but if they don't, just a little heads up. David Benioff, he wrote X Men Origins Wolverine. No one likes that movie. Hate that movie. I want my mind back still to this day from that movie. I saw the. Uh, the pre-release for the movie so I saw with all the effects still being done so they haven't finished everything yet it was a better movie because it was funnier to watch but the actual story itself was terrible mm-hmm. but <laughs> Game of Thrones I can feel like he I'm not entirely certain if he is as big of a fan as the source material is because he's already proven one time he'll disrespect the hell out of it X-Men he kind of had to respect the source material for the books but once he ran out he was just like oh well then time to let the old noggin shine and it didn't it freaking did nothing failed the last episode was bad I don't know I know some people who are okay with it they can live with it but I don't know anyone who says it was objectively good. There were some cool shots. Like, everyone liked the shot with um, Daenerys and the dragon wings coming out from behind her. That was nice. A bit on the nose, but I think that nice. I think if we're going look if we're looking from beginning to end and her story her storyline for the most part yeah. was the best part of the show. And as I like to say that her storyline was more about PTSD and just how negative influences can conquer even positive ones in the end. Yeah, Daenerys' storyline was tragic. It was, it was bad. No, it wasn't bad. It was a good storyline, but it just ended poorly. She deserved better than that. I refuse to say that she just went... No, last week I said it wasn't Mad Queen. I think I take that back. She didn't go mad. 
just got hit with the idiot ball so hard that she just couldn't figure out how to get back to normal. But she... No reason for her to slaughter everyone in King's Landing. But they did it. And then here goes Arya talking about some, I know a killer when I see one. Well, yeah, you watched it freaking do death from above. I would hope you'd recognize what a killer looks like. I still say that's because of loss of her inner circle and her trust circle. Her support system. You know, loss of a support system, sure. If you want to burn something down, burn down the Red Keep. Kill Cersei. Do all of that. But you... But again, that... But again... What good is a kingdom without subjects to rule? That's true. But again, that I think that I... That's what I said. For the most part. But that comes down to the writing being bad. dialogue was bad in that situation. Because she said that she has mercy. Mercy for the future generations who will be thankful that she murdered everyone to save them. Well, guess what? What future generation is going to be in King's Landing? No one's going to want to live there now with a dragon there. That in the snap of your fingers, you can just kill everyone there. You're proving you'll do it once already. What if a rebellion happens? You're going to kill everyone there again? Mm-mm. You lost trust already. Number two, you already have one kingdom who doesn't trust you. If you're trying to gain the trust of the people, don't slaughter them. Oh, the rest is coming. That's... Well, we're, say, we're, we're, hold off on that. we're, we're gonna, gonna hold off on that because, and this may go into that. That's why I said I think for the most part now her story had issues, just like John's. John's story, story arc had issues. John's story that makes no sense now. <clears throat> it doesn't make any sense now. Even though someone said that actually does make sense because he actually does become the become a king, a king of Night's Landing. Of uh, a Night's Watch. Yes, as night. Yes. You, uh, but you can't. That doesn't make any sense. The Night's Watch is not a kingdom. It's just a location that's for the Wall. They are the defenders of the realm against the freaking dark, against the White Walkers and the Wildlings. But the Wildlings are now our allies. So let's talk about another group of Wildlings who are freaking you know nuts. That's fine. But even if that's the case, there is still a giant hole in the Wall. The Night's Watch is now pointless. The White Walkers are all gone. The Night King is gone. The freaking wildlings that we know of, the Free Folk, they like us now. What's the point of it? It's literally just a prison up north where you just send all your undesirables, but now there's no point. So they can just walk back and say, well, we did what you told us to do. All the freaking White Walkers are gone. Can we come back now? No? Okay. Stab, stab. Now... I'm going to let you let the rain go, because at the end of the of it all, at the end of it all, Danny is is not on the throne. There is no throne. There's the iron ramp. Brand the broken. All hell, Brand the broken. You know what? That's fine. Everyone. Get on your knees, bend the knee to Bran the Broken so he can see you at eye level. I'm not trying to make paraplegic jokes, but I am saying this. Can you uh, can you turn Bran.exe back on? I think it's broken. So, reboot this character. I think everyone, because I was I was like I was watching it live like everyone else via Twitter. Mm-hmm. 
and seeing how the reactions were coming. And I, honestly, when I was watching that episode, I started laughing for like a good 30, 45 minutes. I, you sent me a text message laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was watching this just like, how could you do this? My friend, while we're watching, he said it. He has said, they're going to make Bran the king, and John's going to go brood off to the wall. And what happens? Exactly what he said. Mm, can I right now? Right. I will give the floor to you. Okay. Let's talk about this clusterfuck of an episode real quick. And before he gets into this rant, all <laughs> opinions and expressions do not reflect the show as a whole. These are only the viewpoints of Larry. Larry. Your rant can start in three, two, one, and go. Drogon, you should have freaking lit flames of war on John. You murdered your mom. Kill him. That was all I was waiting for. I'm like, okay, prove to us that you have the Targaryen blood. We know you are Targaryen. Prove to the world you are immune to dragon fire. Just take it and go, I'm the king now. No? Okay, fine. Fuck off to the wall. Dealer's choice. Why did you come back to life? Was it to freaking kill the Night King? Oh, wait, that's Arya's destiny? Okay, never mind. Dora the Explorer. Yep, she's gonna freaking go discover the shadow of some new place. Was it to ride the, the entirety of the realm against the freaking, um, White Walkers? Oh, wait, destiny didn't account for the fact that such is a fucking moron? Okay, well, you got half of it, so that's, that's okay. What did you do in that battle? You rode freaking Rhaegal just to fucking do what in that fight? Nothing. You fought the Night King in the sky, and you lost. You got into the ground, went to go fight the Night King, and you played yourself. And then you had to battle freaking White Walkers and did nothing, and a fucking gate stops them when they were to break down castle walls. Fire should be killing the freaking White Walkers, but they don't. Dragonfire should have killed the Night King, but it didn't. Valyrian steel means nothing now because it's just freaking metal that's been forged with Dragonfire, but did fuck all. That shouldn't have killed the Night King. Arya's fucking Ezio Auditore da Firenze from Assassin's Creed 2. That's the only thing I have for that shit. Um, oh, don't forget she never used her powers. Yeah, well, it wouldn't have made any sense to use her powers anyway because she's still alive, so I can accept that. And even if she did, what's he going to do? Steal a zombie's face? You still look alive. So I can give you that. And if someone tried to say, oh, well, she could be one of the freshly dead. Well, okay, cool. Someone go give her a freshly dead. Oh, wait, they're all alive. So no. And she doesn't even have her um, dragon glass spear thing anymore. So that's pointless. Speaking of dragon glass, why the fuck did that shit work? I thought that's some shit with fucking dragon fire. Oh, wait. Makes no goddamn sense. We made the rules of this show. And they proceeded to forget the rules of this show. That's neat. Bran, you were shown warging. Doing fucking what? What are you doing in that fight? Nothing? Okay, cool. Happy you're here. So fuck off in the Godswood. I didn't fucking... Did you know if King's Landing was a respawn point for the Dark Market? Because I didn't fucking know that. But apparently they are. And the Unsullied because... Episode 5. We lost half of our forces. The Dark Market should be fucking almost extinct. Episode 5 of the freaking greatest speech of them all saying we're going to go murder the entire world now to free them from tyrants. Newsflash, bitch, you're now a tyrant. But 
apparently there's a, like I said, there's a goddamn respawn point. Because all the dogs walk here back now. That makes no damn sense. Where are the dogs walking now, as a matter of fact, at the end of the episode? Because now they're in King's Landing doing what? I don't know, because they don't speak the language. And all they do is freaking fight and fight people. So they're basically wildlings in the freaking kingdom now. But without being, you know, non-rapey. So, no, no, wait, I forgot. Daenerys said no. We don't do that anymore. They're loyal to Daenerys. So they're going to not rape people. But who's dead now? Fucking Daenerys. So what are they going to do? Probably go back to their old ways, because why the fuck not? I don't see a point not to do it now. How do we rebuild King's Landing so fast? Because it looks like it's only been, but maybe, <laughs> if I want to be generous, a couple of weeks, no, like a month and a half since they sacked King's Landing. Where are all the masons to rebuild all the stonework in King's Landing? Oh, wait, they're fucking dead. Where's all the carpenters to rebuild all that shit? Fucking dead. Where are the planners to freaking design anything? Oh. Oh, we didn't think about that when we fucking killed them all, did we? But, you know, it's fine. We have a new book. We have the Song of Ice and Fire. That's great. That's fucking cheeky of you. This rant can keep going. But well, we won't. Go. We. I'll let you Ooh. breathe. I will let you breathe there, cause I want. Cause Ooh. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want this. I don't want to keep harping on that. But I want to <laughs> ask this question. So much. So I want to ask this question <laughs> though. <laughs> Is Game of Thrones with the issues that came on the later half of the of the show, as of the series? Uh, personally, I believe that all of those series should be done as four to five seasons because of usually by season three you can kind of see the writing on the wall of where the stars are going where the writers are going mm -hmm. where the producers the showrunners where all that is going in terms of their focus is no longer on said show that they should be working on but to other projects which is nothing against them because this is hollywood they have to look for their next job mm -hmm. cool but season but once you go beyond that point which is i said the sweet spots four to five seasons once you go beyond that that's when the show where all shows suffer so by saying all that is Game of Thrones still a great show? At through the disappointing end and whatnot, and just to give you and just to give just put some some on onus on it. Uh, IGN's voters voted Game of Thrones as having the second worst series finale ever, just behind Dexter. So. Dexter, which was was a good show, then lost its way. It's... So Game even of Thrones is it was a great show, <laughs> it turned into a mediocre show at the end because they didn't know what the fuck was going on anymore. I don't hate you, Game of Thrones. I'm just not happy where he went. So if you had a rate as a series, on a scale of one to ten, or just a general rating. I say we do one of five, but is is Game of Thrones still a great show? 
Well, in a five or a four tomorrow, I'll tell you that much. It will get a three at the highest right now. Three? I said at the highest. That's me being generous. Wow. I did not expect. Three's average. I know. It ain't great anymore. Are are you letting the are you letting the moment and I'm disappointment letting, cloud letting, cloud your judgment? I'm letting this gonna sound morbid. I'm letting Joffrey's death lull me into a three. Personally, I'll give. I personally. Personally, I'll give. I, if you, I'm gonna be a little bit more generous. Maybe point five or a four. I said three point seven five, and here's why. Because for a show like that mm -hmm. to create the community, the outpouring, the, again, moment in pop culture, you have to say that the show hit points and made people feel away. Only certain, only very, very few shows can do that so even with the bullshit at the end or you know season six onwards you still have to give game of thrones as being oh i give it its status as a cultural icon i will damn sure make sure that everyone knows that if they ask me the show is definitely in the cultural zeitgeist it's important to a lot of people but that's why i feel it's a three now because they took all that goodwill, all that community, all that investment that everyone had, and they just threw it on the ground at the end. And no one's upset that we didn't get a happy ending. No one wanted a happy ending. We just wanted a satisfying ending. And I believe, if I can remember, Ramsey said it, the, he said it best. If you thought this story had a happy ending, you haven't been paying attention. Well, he was right. No one paid attention because fuck this last season. So, so if you want to say just to be, just to be, just give an average, and we'll end it here. Uh, six, if you want to say six out of the eight seasons, because it's eight seasons, right? Eight seasons, I'd say five out of them. Five were good. Six, mm, no, no, but six. Seven was, I mean, we got the Battle of the Bastards. That was awesome. So I'll give them season seven. So even if you say, two, if you take two seats, if you take two, if you take two seasons out of that, right? Yeah. If you take two seasons out of that, out of eight, out of eight, and because I am playing with my calculator as we say this, if you're t saying six out of the eight seasons were good, mm. that comes out to be a 75% average. I'm saying five out of the eight seasons were good. You're saying five. Okay, I'm going to say, I'm going to... Uh, season one through five were good. Mm -hmm. Seven was decent. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. Six minus the action. About. Minus action. We're talking about no. writing. We're talking about acting. Talking about? I'm talking about writing. We're, Writing, acting, okay. everything. <laughs> I'll give it a three based on cinematography, casting, acting, all of that. I'm not giving it a five because writing started bogging it down really bad, and then things made no sense. I think you're, I think you're being caught up in the moment. If, if I, if, 
I still say it's a three. I give it a three point seven five out of five. Much higher. Because of uh, for a show like that, for a show like that, because of uh, becoming, um, uh, you know, an icon in the zeitgeist, in the zeitgeist, you have to give it its props. So even if you want to say three and a half, fine. Mm-hmm. Three, I think, is more of a prisoner of the moment because then you're just saying that show is average all the way around, and I'm not going to give you, not going to fall into that. So I'm going to say it's just a prisoner of the moment. So I say it's a three point seven five. Can't go past a three. I I can't. Season eight ran a lot of bridges. Season seven tried to get some things back, but you know. So so guys, why don't you why don't you chime in via via message? You know, drop us a message in the comments section of whichever podcast feed that you are or podcast app that you are using. Let us know. How do you feel about season eight? Do you feel it was great? Do you feel it was okay? Was it the worst season ever? Was it the best season ever? Was it the worst series finale ever? But also, how do you feel about the show as a whole? That is going to be the main point. How did those mistakes ruin a great show? Or can you look past the mistakes to see the show as a whole and realize how good or bad it was? Let us know. Yes. So, on in our next, from going from disappointment... Uh, to the hype train. Well, <laughs> to the hype train. I'll, I'll say disappointment to... Oh, very enjoyable experience on the other side of our on the other side of this break we will be getting into john wick we'll be talking our thoughts on the film and the future of the franchise as well as possible spinoffs coming from that uh we'll see you on the other side of this break and we're back so john wick opened this past weekend both of us have seen it. Um, give me your thoughts on it. I loved it. I loved it so much. It was great. I enjoyed the cinematography, the choreography, the soundtrack. Was, the movie all time really good soundtrack. What do you think? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed everything about it. I really like this franchise. It's very. It's very. It takes. It takes. A story that's been done before. Mm-hmm. But the way that they're telling it and the twist of this film, honestly, when I'm be honest, when the first one came out, I thought it was just going to be a one hit, a one movie thing. I thought it was going to be a cult hit. But for each movie, it's it's gotten better. The storytelling's gotten better, and the twist have gotten better. Mm-hmm. And now I'm wait. I can't wait for the fourth one, which, of course, after being number one, and they're going to make their money back hand over fist with this film. We are getting a John Wick, not next year, but in 2021, maybe a little bit earlier, depending on it. But it's also, and we'll get into this later. Uh, open and. It opens doors for possible spinoffs, mm-hmm. possibly three spinoffs. But from here, from but to get back to what I was saying is, 
I really enjoy this film franchise. I find it to be refreshing. And especially in a in a period of yes, I love we love the Marvel franchise we love the Marvel franchise. We love those movies. We love the storytelling that they're doing with this. And but with all these reboots and you know, coming into the superhero genre and what have you, the John Wood film franchise feels very it's grittier it's grittier but it feels very different it's, it's almost like like okay it's a, the first movie was a revenge tale the second movie was more i, I won't say it was an action movie but it was no sort of one yeah it was an action let's go with that but but this third movie talks about your consequences of your actions yeah let me, okay, let's talk about that uh, consequence, that word. That was used a lot in the movie. The first movie showed that there's consequences you involve when you freaking um, choose to kill a man's dog and steal his car when he's an assassin. Don't do that, you get shot in the face. And the second movie shows what happens when you get back to that life anyway. That life has a way of coming back to haunt you. Well, now it does. Third movie shows the consequences of your choices if you let vengeance cloud your mind. Unfortunately, I'm assuming everyone here has seen the last movie, so everyone knows how this movie starts off. John gets excommunicated from the assassin's order he was reluctantly a part of, and now everyone wants to murder him. I'm not going to go too far in depth into anything else besides that. It's, it's sad see this happening to a guy who's lost so much already but it is his own fault so you just have to watch him try to struggle and deal with the consequences of the things he brought on himself but it is a fun ride to watch it happen though i watched it with my wife and my wife was horrified by the (laughs) by the sense of violence and everything i was laughing and having a good time I kind of felt bad in the theater because I was laughing so much during all the action scenes. I was like, this should not be as funny as it is to me, but it is. So, with that... Oh, and it's made a lot it's made a lot of money back, too, already. Yes, it's... Yes. So, <laughs> domestically, it's already made a $73 million, and worldwide, it's made a total of $109 million. So add so add that up. The budget was only fifty five million dollars. So if you want, add, so if you don't want to throw in, say another. You said fifty five million for just the budget for the film. Oh well, then it already breathed. <laughs> Opening our, weekend, domestic summary, fifty six million. It's already it's already made its money back. So we made a profit. And they made a profit, and they, even if you want to bring in marketing, because <laughs> there people knew about that was coming out, but they never. They never hit you over the head compared to other films. I saw some trailers on TV, but I didn't see a lot of really... There wasn't a really huge ad presence for this movie. Mm. Not that I saw. I I think they were... I think I think they were, they banked on this being a cult. A, wow. cult, a cult film. Yeah. And for it to come... And the smart thing about this film, especially... And we'll get into this in our summer movie since... Basically, we're in the starts of the summer movie season. Mm-hmm. Dropping it where it dropped. Didn't have to compete against a lot of movies. That was that was very smart on his part because they could have dropped it. 
honestly, they could have dropped it anywhere. Even if they wanted to to drop it in September, I think it would still made its money back. Yeah. But for where it dropped, how well it's done. Mm-hmm. And they, it was a smart choice. They didn't drop it during Endgame Week because they realized nobody was going to watch John Wick during Endgame Week. They didn't put it up against Spider-Man. That was a smart choice. Far From Home would have been a tough call to make. John Wick or this movie. They didn't even go up against Brightburn. Which, we'll talk about that. Yeah. I, I Personally, I don't see Brightburn doing... I'm not. It wouldn't have freaking beat John Wick, I'm just saying. It didn't have a lot of competition that I can see. So, it was... It was so good. Go watch it. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Watch the first two first, so that you kind of do need that story to know what's going to happen in this movie. But watch John Wick three. And it's, it's it's just a fun ride, fun ride all the way through. Which and we got some new characters involved. Yes, Halle Berry. Halle Berry's character, while she wasn't in the film for that long, she was amazing. And this comes to our spinoff. I personally can see them doing a spinoff for her, a spinoff film for her character. Maybe one, maybe two films, um, just because of that backstory of her daughter. Yeah. Because John. We get in this part of territory. Hey, well, we're, fuck it. If you ain't see the movie now, you ain't going to see the movie. Oh, uh, I tried. I tried, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not that. I'm that guy. Uh. <laughs> But with this, but with her character not wanting to see her daughter, mm-hmm. but almost at war with herself of I need to see my, I want to see my daughter, I want to see how she, how she is, and John p- playing a role in that. Even if they if they go that route, I say we're going to do a spinoff, which I think would be great, especially in this. In this female empowerment move, movement, seeing a actor of Halle Berry's sorts just take do her own film of that sort, because we've seen her in X Men, we've seen her in other films, but we've never really we've never really seen her like this. Nope. And she her have to get the training involved and every and the, the interview for it actually. I think I have, but. I think I have. It was said that um, everyone sees the John Wick films go, I want to do that. I want to go do the training for that until they have to. And then they find out, oh, this is really hard. This hurts. Let me go ahead and stop. And she she stuck through it the entire time. And she she soldiered on through it. For, for, from, the, from the behind the scenes footage of the training that I have seen of her, it that was natural. It just came natural to her. Which... And the thing is, she's not the biggest person, but but for her character and for that for that highlighting, because yes, John Wick was there, but that whole entire scene when they are trying to fight their way to get out, that was her scene. That was her whole spotlight. If anyone wanted to say we need to make a, we can do a spinoff. Just show them that scene and say, that's your next character. Which, for a franchise, which is alternative, it's it's an alternative world, I can see them doing that route. So Mm -hmm. you can say, yes, 
people say, oh, maybe kill Billish. Who the fuck cares? I see that. I see that being a character that I would invest in, and I'm already invested because now, with how the how the story ended in three, mm-hmm. at some point she has to be she has to be brought back. A lot of characters. You know what? It actually makes sense she be brought back because that word consequences again. You saw what she did in that movie. She is not going to be let off easily for that. Oh. Yeah, she had a, he had a marker. The rules are you have to respect the marker. But do you have to respect it from someone who's been excommunicated, though? That is a question, because in the movie, yeah, she said, fine, I have to do this. But <laughs> we also saw they were going after anyone and everyone who had anything to do with them. So the question comes down, is this more... So, I'm hmm? say, sorry, everybody, but spoiler warning is now in effect. We're talking about the movie. So with that being said, the the table... We should have said that earlier. Man, fuck that. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the table. Do you feel <laughs> like now table? it's a culture clash at the tape that it's basically that the table represented an old guard and the new guard is not respecting it? Yes and no. Byron King, he clearly doesn't give a fuck. But everyone else seems to respect the rules of the high table because they know to not respect the rules would be bringing death upon you and whoever else was involved with you. So I don't think the new guard is dumb enough to try to start something. But what I do think is that the high table needs to remember that we're dealing with a bunch of freaking assassins and murders anyway. Keep yourselves, keep your business close to the chest, and if you have to put a bullet in them. Because you saw what they're going to do with Winston. They even said, we will lift the excommunicado. All you have to do is swear your fealty, prove your fealty, and kill Winston. And what did Winston do when he was told? You give up your freaking seat because you gave an hour, you know the rules, should have killed him right then and there. They said, you have seven days to get your affairs in order, and then we're going to get your replacement. What does that mean? They're probably going to try to kill him, but he said, I'm not giving up my power. Which was... That was a questionable decision. What do you think? I Personally, I think Winston had, is playing a long game. I think he wants to be... I think he wants... To be the man above with the high table? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think this is. I think this is. Uh, I think this is becoming chess move. I think. I think he always has a play or two ahead because of he doesn't get his hands dirty, but his but his movements are very dirty. Well, he is a shady character, but I'm not entirely sure if he's that ambitious. I think he might just settle for being a member of the high table at this moment in time, but I'm still uncertain as to whether or not he's planning for any of this because he didn't know John was going to shoot him at the Continental in the last movie. That just happened, and even he was shocked at that. I still say... And here's why, and again, this is why I like this film. I don't know where I don't know where the where it's going. Where it's going. A part of me is saying because the Bowery King, 
said I would have done the same thing that he did mm-hmm. to flex flex your power. It was it was basically a flex. Mm-hmm. And said, "You want to kill me? Fine. Just know that I can fight just as hard, if not harder." Well, he had John there, and he also had the concierge, and apparently the concierge was no joke. And can we just talk about that scene in the freaking hotel? It was beautiful. <laughs> it was. It was so beautiful. It was beautiful. The, ooh, the lighting, when they cut off the lights and the freaking green lights came out. And <laughs> just the fact that they sent, they didn't send in just any regular trained assassins to take out these dudes. They sent in gunmen dressed in full-on body armor that was like repel small arms fire. And they just said, there's nothing you can do. We are coming in here and we're wiping you out and we're taking over. We are the high table and we are law. And what happened? They responded back with freaking shotguns with freaking armor piercing rounds. And it was just, it was amazing. So with that, with that, I, that's why, I, with that, I think we, I think we, we're getting full ball in war. We're just going balls to the wall, oh, isn't it? we are. And, but I want to get into the spinoffs that are coming out of this. Yes. Because there are spinoffs. We already talked about Holly Berry's character possibly getting a spinoff based on her, based on. Her performance. Yes. That has to have a spinoff. Um. The question is, I want to say the question, uh, the Continental is supposedly in the works to appear on Stars as its own series, uh, talking more about the hotel itself and the characters within that hotel. I don't know how that will go, just because when you're doing a movie from to from a movie to a series, it kind of... It kind of runs into some type of issues. Looking at you, Highland of the series. But that wasn't that bad until later on. So, yeah. But we also know that there was also at one point that there was going to be a spinoff called the Ballerina, and with them introducing the director mm-hmm. in this film, it looks like that is going to be in the works. So, out of this one movie, we got one, two. Possibly three spinoffs into this big old franchise. You have to give it to John, to Keanu Reeves. Oh, I do. And <laughs> and the team and the and the team surrounding John Wick because it's original, it's cult, and I think you got plenty of legs to run off. Now the question is, and he's always said it is that we'll. I love I, like I like this this character. I love this where we're going with it and I will do the movies as long as my legs can take me and and as long as the fans want it so I think we're good I think we're I think we're happy with where the franchise can go my point is just to end while you're ahead yeah so even with the spinoffs don't drag it out if you want to explore the explore the different characters with it because we don't know about the characters fine go that route but just learn to just stop while you're ahead and don't let the film studios just say pump money into you and you're just putting out a shitty product right now every film has 
got has gotten better and better and better and i'm sure for when we get to the shits everybody gets the shits when we just get to the war we're going i think we're going to have a great time with that so with that being said uh like i said earlier we are in the start of the sum, summer movie uh period uh, of course avengers endgame kicked it off followed by john wick um and this weekend mm-hmm. at and yeah, at, captain marvel before that and i was like a battle uh, but i don't consider that for summer i don't consider that summer movie <laughs> you say that was more spring i consider that more spring i say literally april time you can april you can sit you can call it summer movie, even though I don't think there is so-called a summer movie period, a blockbuster period anymore. Usually, it happened during the summer, but just for the just for this conversation, we are in the early parts of the summer movie uh, season, mm-hmm. and at this and at the recording this weekend, Aladdin is supposed to come out, as well as Brightburn, but. Other movies that are supposed to come out, supposed to come uh, during this course of May, and we can go into it, uh, is Godzilla, Ma, and that's in and that's in the theaters. Mm-hmm. There's the Deadwood movie that's going to be on HBO. If anyone's a fan of Deadwood the series, that's finally getting it. That's long-awaited movie. So. How I want to do for this conversation is I just want to break it down by by the months, and we just go through what movies you're looking forward to, and just brief thoughts on them. So again, Aladdin, Brightburn, Godzilla, Ma, for for me. What you think? Well, I am seeing, of course. Godzilla next weekend. Looking forward to that. Oh, and I forgot to uh, introduce, uh, forgot to mention uh, Rocket Man. I am interested in Rocket Man. I want to see that movie. I think I think that's your. Depending on how the how how the film per- performs, mm-hmm. which I've in the early part, I've heard, I've read good reviews about it. Yeah. So this is possibly Rocket Man being uh not uh you know Oscar nominated. Uh could Avengers Endgame get a pseudo nomination? Likely. I say possibly. Um but I know you're looking forward to, to seeing Brightburn. Yes I am. Personally out the other remaining movies that I'm interested in seeing, I'm going to give it to Rocket Man and Ma. Mm-hmm. Uh, Godzilla. I saw the I saw for the first one and I was. Fu- I, I do want to see Ma. That does look like this be a less little brother. That that looks and that <laughs> looks really interesting. I from what I'm seeing from the previews. Right. And my hope in that movie because it looks like. Is that it doesn't disappoint. I hope it doesn't. I want it to be good, but I would understand if it wasn't. But please be good. I think that's just, especially, especially for the premise, 
I'm interested in that. Yeah. It's just a nice little thriller movie. Like, okay, we have this one lady who is um, willing to buy, I think they're minors, alcohol. And then it becomes the story of this unhinged woman trying her best to get into their lives. And then it just snowballs from there. And all that comes out the same weekend on the 31st. Rocket yep. Man, Godzilla, and Ma. Had to Part- make a choice, and we all chose Godzilla. And let's not forget about June. Uh, we'll get to June. Uh, June. That weekend is a very busy month. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> the, actually, that period is very busy for me. Uh, personally, I'll be going to the Roots Picnic uh, that weekend. Mm-hmm. So the question for me is just how do I get to see these movies <laughs> during that during that time? I'll probably just be hurt that hurt that time during that period but um while we get into june let's go into june we're into june right now so let's go and you know you got secret life of pets 2 dark phoenix uh let's see men in black international shaft you got toy story 4 child's play anna anna no no oh annabelle i was like no, we ain't gonna talk about. Anna looks interesting. <laughs> so out of those movies, I can tell you right now, I am probably going to. I'm probably going to check out Dark Phoenix. I don't know. I it probably won't be good, but I'm probably just going to do it because it's the last X Men movie in that franchise mm-hmm. before the re- before the reboot. Um, Men in Black International. Uh, that's a that's a maybe. Shaft is a no for me. It just it it's it looks it's too it's too comedic, and it's nothing against Samuel Jackson. I'm sure. I'm sure, fans would love it. Just personally, it didn't grab me compared to as the other two. I didn't even honestly. I didn't even know that was coming out until about a couple months ago. Uh, Anna, Anna looks really good. I really want to see that. I saw the trailer when I went to go see John Wick, and she beat people up with plates, man. You can't. I saw that, and I was just thinking to myself: Number one. Yeah, that sounds about right. She broke plates and now the jagged edges, so you're killing them with that. Bravo, that's ingenuity. I need to pay for that movie now. Can I, can I see you now? I don't want to wait. Can I see you right after I this movie, to, please? Uh, yo, I'm going to have to just sign up for that AMC uh, <laughs> uh, subscription course, yeah. club card because <laughs> for all these movies, again, falling right, right around the same period is, <laughs> is a lot. So... I do want to see that, but I also want to see Child's Play, and I don't know which one I choose to see first, because I know I'm going to see both. I just don't know which one I'll see first. And Anna, Toy Story 4, Child's Play, all same weekend. And then next weekend is Annabelle Comes Home, and I would just like to ask, who's still watching these movies at this point? I don't care about Annabelle. Let's just get to July. (laughs) So in July... We are getting as this computer. We have yesterday. No, 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 Spider Man Far From Home. Which is, of course, we're, we're seeing see that. Seeing that. They're stupid with uh, Dave Batista. There's Crawl. 
The Lion King, The Boy 2, Once Upon a Time. Twilight Bridges. Yep. Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time. Oh, yeah, there's July. Look, I'm already telling you right now, Spider-Man, I'll be there opening night. <laughs> I'll pass on Super. Uh, 21 Bridges. That's an iffy. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood looks funny. It's Quentin Tarantino. So And I enjoy Quentin Tarantino films. So This movie this <laughs> movie this movie and again because it just came out in can on in the Cannes Film Festival and early reports of the movie says this is Quentin Tarantino at his best and this is in his wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. So of course I'm gonna see that. Yeah. Lion King, I am excited for Lion King. Okay, so I am unsure on Lion King, actually. Okay, I will ask you why. And but I'm and here, but let me get my thing. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for Lion King because of that ensemble. And yes, I know it's basically a live action from the animated film. But when you got the likes of James Earl James Earl Jones, you got uh Donald Glover, you got Beyonce, you got this whole cast. You are not lining up. If you're asking me what Disney's priority was in these two live action films coming back to back with Aladdin and Lion King, yep. it kind of tells me Aladdin was was like Aladdin would be nice, but Lion King. This is this is where we put our money on. You think this is becoming a thing that's trying to do now? Because we did get Alice in Wonderland like years ago, and now we have this. We got Aladdin and Lion King. Oh yeah, we yeah. Are we going to get a Little Mermaid next? Because we're getting Mulan too. We're getting Mulan. I'm sure we're going to get we're we're getting that. Um, but I'm worried about it because I don't. I'm I'm sure the CD is going to hold up well because. This is Disney. They have that Disney money. They're going to make it look good. I just don't know if I'll like it. I, I'm I like a- the Lion King. I know this will just be the same thing, but I'm, I'm t- worried about the emoting. Because you saw the characters. You, you heard how they felt, sure. But can they have the exact same expression that they had for the characters when it was an animation? I think... I think we are going to have. You're not. You don't bring that big of an ensemble cast together, and not fail. I think. I could be. I'm sure that that there's been films where the big ensemble cast like that and it's failed, but with this one. Come on, come on, come on, come on, like. No, this to me is Disney has lowered up his wagon of saying we are doing Marvel, we're doing Toy Story. Mm-hmm. Yes, you get Aladdin, but once I heard Guy Ritchie was the one that was doing Aladdin, and from the previews, I didn't wasn't in love with it. I heard it was okay. It wasn't bad. It was just okay. Mm-hmm. A Lion King, I think everyone will say it's great. That's my that's my hope. But getting into August and it kind of slows down in August because we're supposed to begin uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Mm-hmm. 
uh, the informer. Uh, well, gonna, Angel has fallen, which is going to be really good. No, it's not. No, it's not. It looks good. No, it doesn't. It does. No, it doesn't. How not? Okay. Okay, so we real. Okay, let's that be real. Let's <laughs> be. Let's be real about this, right? Mm-hmm. Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, right? Personally, I think the the Fast and Furious franchise should have died a long time ago. Yes, and it's not going. And right now, it's just campy. It's over the top. It's not going to end until they end up in space because you know it's going to end up in space at some point. Yeah, it's uh, just mindless action, which is fun. So that's what it's for. It's and, yes, but am I? But am I? Especially. And we and this is a big topic, all right. All right. With so many t- with so many options out there via streaming, mm-hmm. via just regular TV, via movie theaters, all whatever it is, basically competing for your attention and your dollars. Mm-hmm. Is Hobbs and Shaw really going to make me want to go out and sit there for two and a half hours or however long the movie is to watch that mindless dribble? Personally, I love how we change movies entirely. Hmm? I love how we change movies entirely. Well, well, that's what you get here. But is Hobbs and Shaw as a franchise making me want to do this? No, because personally, I think I think the Fast and Furious franchise is done. I think they had a nice, they had a nice, cohesive start. They did a soft reboot that got things back on course, and it should have ended at Fast and Furious. Let's say that was. It was I think seven or eight. Whichever one Paul Walk, Paul Walker was the last one was in. That was six. That's where it should have ended. But I'm probably wrong. What, whatever the whatever whichever one I just say that's the one that it should have ended with because it had a beautiful ending. It had a beautiful ending. So even if you say okay, we're doing one one more, it was just like all right, just stop, just stop. And this is right now. It's just stop, just stop, just honestly, just stop. <laughs> and Angel has fallen. Really, I saw the trailer. The trailer looks good. It was interesting. It looks like shit. Ooh. Cutting deep, I see. It looks like shit. Okay. Ha. Has Hallelujah. has any of the has fallen movies done well? Okay, look. It does. It looks not. So it looks much. like a. It looks like a Minecraft. And not that, and not that much of a money grab either. It looks like it was okay, Gerard. You got some time on your hands. Mm-hmm. You want to do this? I really don't. Here's ten million. Here's whatever you're asking prices. Okay, sure. Why not? I need something. And yes, this is our own little franchise. But I don't hear anybody saying, "I have to see Angel Has Fallen." I don't have to see it, but I want to. Man, you better go on a five dollar on a five dollar <laughs> Tuesday. That's all I'm telling you about. Uh-huh. Look, I'm gonna see it, and if it ends up being good, I'll say give it a shot. You know, if you don't even want to pay for it, just wait to come out on Netflix. But or it can be really good, and I'll say go see it. Just do it. Trust me, it's good. If it ends up being trash, I will publicly state like, oh, 
Well then, maybe I should have waited until this came out on Netflix. I will tell you that right now. But and we have other movies for August, though. I don't think we hit August unless I'm missing this, huh? We did have, no. Did we not have? Are we still in July? Huh? Are we still in July? No, we're in August. Yeah, we're almost, we're literally about to hit September at this yeah. point. Yeah, well, Dora the Explorer. That's coming out. Okay, pass. That's a pass. Ooh, that's a pass. But, um... I think that I think the summer movie I think the summer period ends with this movie. But we have no. We also got scary stories. I want to tell them. Pass. Uh, How is that? Okay, I'm watching that. Pass. That is a that is a watch, and I don't care. Pass. Pass. Why? Why is that a pass? Ain't ain't grab me. I'm sorry. You said what? Didn't grab me. Sorry. That's fine. I think, but I'll tell you how the how the summer summer season ends. Mm-hmm. It. It's chapter chapter two. two. Yep, there we go. That is a beautiful looking movie. That trailer. Okay, so the first time I watched that trailer, I didn't pay as much attention to the old lady. I knew that was going to be Pennywise, but I didn't see her in the background doing all the creepy stuff that she was doing until like the second or third watch. Who? The cast, the casting is good. I did not think they were gonna pull it off. For I think they're gonna have James McAvoy play Bill. Did you? I'm waiting for every, all. I'm gonna say is I'm waiting for everything to come out. Uh, I think I'm just ready for it because the first one, what some people said about the first uh-huh. one, was uh-huh. felt. While scary, it wasn't scary enough, but that played more onto the child fear. So you can only go over so much, mm-hmm. especially when you have children involved, mm-hmm. without being people saying you're basically being perverted and all this type of stuff. I, mean, I, I think this one, I think this one's just going to level up. The source material can have a better list of saying it's being perverted, considering what happened in the source. Yeah, we ain't, we ain't talking about the, the train. It's horrible. We ain't talking about the train. That was, but back to the movie though. <laughs> that that dancing scene, <laughs> he was just dancing. <laughs> but it made sense that he was trying to freak her out with the whole creepy clown bit. But back to it, chapter two. Do you think it's gonna? I think I think that was. What would you say would be better uh, right now? The. For just for chapter one, and we'll bring back chapter two. The miniseries, the book, or the new movie? What would you say is the best? Just in your own personal opinion. That's hard. Yes, and it is. <laughs> that's hard, and I'm gonna say I'm gonna say why. Okay. I think that the I think that the miniseries was good for its time. It was. I think it was good for a time. I don't know if it holds up as well. Probably doesn't. But. Not the effects. Yeah, definitely not the effects. But I don't think it holds up as as well. But definitely it was a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you, you, can't, you can't go against the source material at all. Mm-hmm. So, really, I'm going to have to say, say source TV than the movies. Hmm. Just as of right now, 
we don't I don't know how the movies are going to are going to push it, but right now it definitely made me want to go back and you know, catch up on, on both of those. Now, again, the movie could be totally different different and just should cha- and should change, but I can kind of see how much more in depth they could get with those characters mm-hmm. and just telling their stories and just now that they're adults they're just leveling up everything and is this going to be James McAvoy's season possibly cuz last year was um what's his face Thanos uh I know you're talking about but I can't remember his name either uh, Josh I think uh damn. Google it. Yes. I can't remember his but name. last because he was in three movies. Uh Josh Brolin, there we go. Yes, Josh Brolin's that was Josh Brolin's summer last year. Oh yeah. <sighs> he was Cable, he was Thanos. And he was in the uh the Sicario uh really? spin off uh Don Day. Okay. Dawn of the Dead or something like that. Whatever that Sicario movie. He was in that too. So he was in three mo- movies that so. So James McAvoy is going to be in It and X-Men. Mm-hmm. Chris Hemsworth is going to be in Men in Black and he was he was, he was already in Avengers. Yeah. And he'll probably be in Guardians too when that comes out. But we're talking about this year. I know. This summer, so. Marvel is hitting a lot of things right now. Yeah, um, as we we and we can easily go into that Marvel section mm-hmm. about what they have lined up because. Yeah, <laughs> what they have lined up with, Comic Con coming up in, in what two months? Mm-hmm. And. Me and you talking about personally, I think that we are going to get the announcement of phase four and a certain first family of Marvel being presented at Comic Con. Possibly, but I that's my but we'll get we'll get to that later. Yes, that's for another episode. I have another question for you for guarding it though. So you remember in the miniseries when Stanley didn't make it back to Derry, Maine? You think they're going to do that again, or is he going to survive this time? I think they're going. To, I think he's going to survive, but I think he may be the first one picked off. All right. So I know they're not all going to survive for Pennywise this time. No, no, but I think it's. I think it's going to be good. Yeah. I think so. So that's this. That's our pseudo summer movie preview. Uh, Again, let us know what movies you're looking forward to for the rest of the summer and which ones do you think will be, I guess, the best. Right now, I think both me me and Larry consider Avengers and John Wick on that list. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, di- we, didn't talk, we really didn't get into Toy Story 4, but I think that's going to end up on the list. I mean, it's Toy Story. We all remember what happened when Toy Story 3 came out. We all went, why are they doing another one? This is going to be possibly terrible. And then they're making grown men cry in the movie theater, so. It was, it's the end of an era. I didn't even think they were going to do 4. They did possibly, I don't think they should have done 4, but. 
I think I think honestly, I think that was Tom Hanks coming to Disney and saying. I honestly think if Toy Story three was the last one in the series, it would have been a beautiful send off and it would have been great. But I can live with four. Just show me the same quality. I think we're going. I think I think we're going to get there, and I think it's going. I think it's going to be a gang load of billions coming into Disney across all the franchises. I think Spider Man is going to be a nice palate cleanser from Endgame and sign up for Phase Four. Uh, yeah, we. Should, I just think that's. I think really, four years to come is a Disney. Disney got a chokehold on the industry. Mm-hmm. So, but again, that's our pseudo pseudo movie preview for the summer. And again, just let us know uh, which films that you're looking forward to and how and where you think they're going to end up on the best list. Um, but wrapping up, we just want to say thank you for joining us and giving our our podcast a listen. Uh, again, you can follow us. You can follow us on the socials at the Bento Box Podcast. Uh, we'll drop the links of all our socials and where you can listen. And again, just let us know where you can just look out for us. Uh, again, I'm Adrian. I'm Larry. We'll be here next week. And again, sign off. Thank you and goodbye. Thanks for listening.